Hello, live streamers. And as you can tell, I'm at work. I'm at school. This is an emergency. We need to do an emergency lock.mlb. Why? Because Aaron Judge is sticking around. I just knocked this desk a couple of times. It's an unstable version of Locked On MLB that we're going to go into right around now. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Don't believe me? Look at that. There's my lower third. You can call me Sully. This is being dropped on the 7th day of December, 2022, a day that will live, well, in not infamy. It will be beloved by Yankee fans. And we are doing this emergency live stream on a day where I already had a podcast already launched with Paul Holden from Locked on Rockies. A really nice conversation with him. But no offense, Paul, this is bigger news than anything the Rockies are doing right now. Uh, follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. Thanks so much for making it your first listen as we're available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on MLB. Or check out some of the other great shows of the Locked on Podcast Network including Locked on Yankees with Stacey Gatsoulias. So I guarantee you she is having a fun day today. Uh, you can follow me. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. You know what? Um, it makes sense. The Yankees and, the, and Aaron Judge came up with a nine-year agreement. Is nine years a lot of years? Yeah. Is it for a lot of money? You bet. Um, but it is it makes sense for both sides. And we get into this for a little bit. I have to admit, there were a few days in the last week that I thought, like, he's not coming back, is he? He's gonna sign with the Giants, isn't he? And I I if you ask me this, and I think I even said this on a show, and I started calling him Robinson Cano 2.0, I I actually thought he was gonna sign with San Francisco for a couple of days. And then as I'm on my way to school today. Knowing, all right, I can relax a little bit. Got a good episode with Paul Holden from Lockdown Rockies already up. And here we go. Uh, the I saw that my dear friend Michelle Chula, who I've known since college, who is a crazy, crazy, huge Yankee fan, uh, basically was posting tweets that would only make sense if one of three things happened. She won the lottery. She won the Nobel Prize, or Aaron Judge resigned with the Yankees. And it turned out to be, well, I can confirm number three. I'm going to have to ask Michelle about the other two. So it looked like a couple of weird things that happened. That Time Magazine story came out where it was showing that Aaron Judge wasn't too happy that the amount of money that was offered and rejected by Judge in spring training was reject was uh, leaked to the public, therefore creating the whole Aaron Judge's greedy thing, and you started seeing some. How do we call this? You know, I've been called biased 
by some people. I'm not sure what I'm biased towards that's disrupting my ability to do a good podcast. If you have any idea of what biases I have that are preventing me from being a decent podcaster, please, please send it to me via Twitter at Sully Baseball. I'll try to work on it. Uh, you're going to hear me, a lifelong uh, you know, someone grew up a huge Red Sox fan, native New Englander, classic Yankee hater. I'm going to be praising the Yankees a little bit today, uh, which means I am biased and I have my, uh, I'm not impartial, but I also am going to be objective. And when a team like the Yankees does the right thing, I'm going to praise them for doing the right thing. And re-signing Aaron Judge is a, the, the definition of a no-brainer. Absolutely. Aaron Judge was their offense. They won 99 games, and number 99 was the reason. Okay? When they went on a huge slump after the All-Star break, Aaron Judge kept producing. That slump would have been catastrophic without him. Did he have a great postseason? No, but even without a great postseason, he still had a couple of big home runs. Nobody got big hits in the series against Houston. It was a clean sweep. But they don't win that series against Cleveland without some of the big hits that Aaron Judge got along the way. And they're not there without him. He won the MVP in a league where Shohei Otani is an excellent hitter and an excellent pitcher. It takes someone having a historic season to wrestle the MVP away from Shohei Otani. That's exactly what Aaron Judge did. Does solid defense. Tremendous power hitter, leads the league left and right, and, let's face it, also has a very high baseball IQ. And he's a homegrown Yankee. And he's some cool traditions around him with, you know, the people dressed up as the judges and all rise and everything. That's fun. Remember fun? And he showed up just as the last remnants of the core had been swept away. He made his first appearance just after Jeter and Pettit and Rivera and Posada and Tino Martinez and all of them were gone. So in comes this new guy with a new number. Number 99 was available. And he gets to carry the club. And he's going to be here a while. Now, the Yankees also re-signed Brian Cashman. So both Cashman and Judge return. Um, uh, if I'm a Yankee fan, I don't trust Cashman anymore, but this strikes me as a Hal Steinbrenner move. And here we go. They did the right thing. They cannot afford to not go through with this deal and not have judge there for the next bunch of years. And conversely, Aaron judge in his own way, couldn't afford to leave the Yankees. I'm, again, I'm not going to compare Judge too much to Pablo Sandoval because Judge is such a better player than Pablo Sandoval ever was. That being said, when Sandoval left the Giants to go to Boston, there was no goodwill in the bank left when he arrived in Boston because he hadn't won all those championships in San Francisco. And even if Sandoval had slumped or not played very well over the next couple of years with the Giants, there would have been so much goodwill in the bank for the ways he contributed to the, the World Series titles, especially 2012 when he was the World Series MVP. When you have that goodwill in the bank, you can afford a slide. You can afford 
fading out because people remember all the good times. With Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge is not as young as you think he is. Aaron Judge is going to be, how old is he right as of this recording? He's going to be uh, 31 years old in late April, which again, uh, you know, I would love to be 31 again, but it's not a young man in terms of baseball them. I am at school. But uh, the fact of the matter is that Judge, if he went to another team and didn't produce the way he did in New York and is there for the next nine years, and if he went to San Francisco, I think that would have been Panda 2.0, except the Giants would be getting with the Red Sox, God. Judge playing in a pitcher's ballpark in a pitcher's division. Yeah, he'll be, you know, we're not going to be, it's actually, that's not as big a deal. I keep forgetting they have, they're doing the schedule a little more balanced next year, but the majority of his games will be played in what is not a very good pitcher's ballpark, which is Oracle Park in San Francisco. And a lot of those balls, which would be flying into the upper deck of Yankee Stadium, would be caught at the warning track. And, and he doesn't have year in and year out of great production in San Francisco like he already does in New York. And it was Judge, you know, there was a lot. Remember when Jeter and Rivera retired, and I think their retirement ceremonies just ended. Uh, there was a lot of talk about what, what's going to happen to this franchise. And there were some lean, for, for Yankee fans, lean times. Some years where they didn't make the postseason. They didn't make the postseason in 2013, 2014, or 2016. That's three out of four years. There was no playoff games played in Yankee Stadium. And 2016, the Yankees missed the playoffs, and the Mets and the Red Sox made the playoffs. Wasn't fun to be a Yankee fan then. And Aaron Judge showed up and turned things around. Aaron Judge showed up, and suddenly the Yankees started playing like contenders again. Aaron Judge showed up. And they got to within a game of the World Series. And Yankee fans all of a sudden started seeing what the future of Yankeedom was like. And it was Aaron Judge. And that was a lot of goodwill in the bank from the fans because they were looking at a long, dark decade. And Judge said, nope, we're going to be good again. And we're going to be good before you know it. And that positive uh, sense in the bank is something that happened in New York and would not have been there in San Francisco. And so it made sense for Judge, too. And by the way, I've made this point before, but we have to remember to not always talk about things in the frame of an owner. Yes, Judge's contract is going to go on for nine years, and I all but guarantee you that the end of Judge's career, he won't be the same player that he is now. He won't be putting up elite numbers at the end of the contract, but he'll still be paid as if he is an elite player. That being said, that doesn't mean that those are bad. Oh, God, he's being paid. He's being overpaid. What a waste of money. Wrong. Because, lest we forget, he was the runner-up of the MVP in 2017, when he won the Rookie of the Year, hit 52 home runs and led the league in walks. Do you know what he was paid that year? 
putting up MVP numbers, he was paid $544,000. Yes, I would take that money and so would you, but he didn't make a million dollars a year until 2020. And in that time, he put up all-star years in in 2020, 2017, 2018, and put up some big numbers in 2019 and got them to the league championship series. So three years at the end of the contract could be used to pay for those years where he was underpaid. It evens out. And it's a surefire bet that everyone who's complaining about that will forget that he was underpaid putting up MVP numbers. If you ever make any bets, go to Bet Online, which is your number one spot for all your betting info. And if you're going to be into sports podcasts, you want to get the latest props, odds, scores, check them out there. Whether you're doing it for basketball, hockey, World Cup, esports, or anything like that, check them out at betonline.net. BetOnline, that's where the game starts. All right, uh, we're quickly going to do a couple other things here. But, you know, it's it was a no-brainer. The Yankees couldn't afford to do that. Now, and you know what, may be better off for the Giants to mix those, uh, to go around the the uh, the diamond with that money they were going to spend. They picked up Mitch Hanniger, signed a couple of more players. There have been some other signings that are worth noting. I love the fact that the Guardians signed Josh Bell. The Guardians need another hitter. They signed Josh Bell. Josh Bell's a decent player. Is he great? No, but he's decent. And you get him in there, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, the Rangers signed Andrew Haney to a two-year deal. Now, that's not a huge deal, but the fact of the matter is is they had picked up DeGrom. They picked up Haney. Uh, they brought in Bruce Bochy. Um, they've made they've signed their, – they're in on some other – maybe Rodon. They're trying to at least patch together a pitching staff. Um by the way, evidently the Padres also offered Aaron Judge a giant contract. I love that. They knew he wasn't going to sign with the Padres, but why not? Throw it, throw that out there. Uh, Jose Quintana, who had a nice year splitting between uh, the uh, the Pirates and St. Louis, has signed with the Mets. So the Mets have brought in a couple of good pitchers, hoping to make up for the loss of uh, Jacob Degrom. The Cardinals signed Wilson Contreras to a five year deal. Uh, I really like this move for the Cardinals. You, you lost uh, Yadier Molina, who retired, but you're bringing in an all-star caliber catcher, and the Cardinals are going to be, I think, going to be a very good team next year. And, you know, they the Cardinals are very good at moving on. The Cardinals are very good at momentum and to say, hey, look, at uh, this, this era is over, but we're going to pick right up and get you something new. And I have no doubt that the Cardinals are going to be a contending team from uh, from here on out. Uh, a couple of the moves that are worth bringing up. Taiwan Walker is going to sign with the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, it's strange. The Phillies are – It's so I find it very interesting what the Phillies are doing. And the Phillies seem to be con- sort of hell-bent to take players from all around the, the National League East – and put them like a Lego set into a team that will frustrate a bunch of fan bases, whether it's JT Riomuto or Zach Wheeler or Taiwan Walker or Trey Turner or Bryce Harper. These are all players who have had success for other teams in that division. 
so that they could go to the World Series and make teams just sort of grind their teeth going, that was, it was on our team. We had Kyle Schwarber. You know, all those teams can sort of look and say that uh, the Phillies are just trying to create a gigantic middle finger to the rest of the National League East. And I, I find that to be funny. I, it almost seems borderline deliberate. Um, but uh, Taiwan Walker, again, you bring in Taiwan Walker and you bring in uh, uh, Trey Turner to a team that went to the World Series last year. Um, you know what? Uh, there's no no argument for me. I think this, uh, those are all good moves. And I think that you're seeing, you're seeing what Dave Dombrowski does best, which is he goes for it immediately. Jameson Tyon has left the Yankees and he's joining the Cubs. I, have a, I, I don't know what to make of that deal uh, for this reason. I don't mind the Cubs spending money and everything like that. Uh, uh, Tyon, who is, again, he had, a, he had a nice year this year with with the uh, Yankees. Um, and he, you know, 2017-2018, he pitched well for Pittsburgh. He was hurt for almost all of 2019. He didn't play 2020. I can't remember if that was because of Tommy John surgery or because of COVID. Uh, he came back with the Yankees, had a decent half season or you know, decent season in 2021, not great. Had a good season this year with the Yankees. Um, he's an, he is a pitcher with injury issues in his 30s, and I, I don't see the Cubs, frankly, being that close. Signing him to a four-year deal. Uh, I again, I'm I like teams spending money. I like teams trying to improve themselves. I just don't. I I don't. I get why Tyon signed. They so what he's had three good years, and he signed a four-year deal. Heck, an injury-prone pitcher signing a four-year extent four-year contract. Yeah, you take that. I don't quite get what the Cubs are doing with that. But uh, maybe they think the division is vulnerable. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know what the Cubs are right now. Um, let's uh, – uh, Adam Scott Bristol, by the way, uh, regular listener and, and follower here. What do, you, what do you have to say, Adam? Feels like a very brisk pace of free agent signing this year compared to recent years, pre-lockout notwithstanding. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and I love it. I love it. Get, get them all going. Get, have, it be, have it be fast pace. I want all these. I want all the big players off. You know, I wonder. And but you know, Adam, I wonder about this for a second. And maybe there is a connection. Maybe when you consider the fact that we know we're going to have labor peace for the next bunch of years, there is no sort of lockout or labor unrest hanging over anything. I wonder if that confidence, knowing that the game's going to be, you know, there's not going to be any work stoppages or anything for the next bunch of years, is allowing teams to want to spend more faster. Remember we saw in 2019, you saw there was like, you know, big free agents like, you know, Machado and, and Bryce Harper were still available come spring training. And I think now you're starting to see teams saying, okay, we know we're here. We know we got a full season next year. Let's get our big start. Let's make our big signings maybe before Christmas time. Maybe people will be giving out, um, you know, uh, spring, you know, uh, uh, season tickets for Christmas, or get some memorabilia, or get some, you know, uh, souvenirs, or some merch, some swag. What word am I looking for? I don't know. To be able to make the, you know, for for Christmas time. You know, this is a huge relief for the Yankees. 
and for their uh, for their team. You know, there's a question that was asked on one of, I think it was on MLB.com. So does this make the Yankees better than they were last year? The answer is no, but what it doesn't do, it doesn't make them worse. If you take Aaron Judge out of the Yankees, that's a Jenga piece that they may not be able to, re- to recover from. At least you know you're starting with, with Judge there. You know Rizzo was going to be back. You know that Stanton, you're going to get what you can from Stanton. You know the Yankees' offense without Judge is bad. With Judge, it's okay. So now you know you haven't lost Judge. You know you haven't had the cataclysmic uh, uh, collapse of the pulling out the wrong Jenga block. Great. Now you can start improving the team. And if you're the Yankees, you have to find pitching depth. You have to find at least one good starter, at least one good reliever, and one good bat. Those are That's critical. You do those three things. You have to get a good hitter. Well, I mean, you need a shortstop. And there are shortstops available right now. And it's insane that we're going to have the second straight year with all-star shortstops available, and all you need is a check. And the Yankees may whiff on it again. Trey Turner would have been perfect as a Yankee. Then again, I thought Corey Seager would have been perfect as well. Guess what? Carlos Correa is still out there. Xander Bogart still out there. Dansby Swanson still out there. All of them available. All of them would be great additions to the New York Yankees. Now you have the judge thing answered. So now you can go on. Got another thing. Uh, uh, what, what did Adam Scott Bristol say? He said, uh, uh, it's, Judge says it's the Red Queen from Allison Wonderland. Run as fast as you can and to stay in the same place. Well, you know what? I think that that's that's fair, but I think both sides needed to do this. Uh, the Red Sox evidently are making some headway to bringing Xander Bogarts back. There's no excuse to let Xander Bogarts go. I don't care if Trevor's story is in the fold or not. Fact of the matter is this. Xander Bogarts should be a Red Sox for life, and I don't want to list Xander Bogarts along with Carlton Fisk and Wade Boggs and Louis Tiant and Mo Vaughn and Mookie Betts as people and John Lester as people who should have been Red Sox for the rest of their careers. I know Louis Tiant started with another team. Leave me alone. You know, Dwight Evans had to end his career as an Oriole. What's up with the Red Sox not realizing what they have sometimes? Xander Bogarts is a homegrown, tremendous shortstop who's a big part of two World Series title teams. Yes, Astros fans, the second World Series title has a bit of a cloud over it, but he was part of the 2013 team. So there you go. The Red Sox better sign him. Why not? What, what, what's the deal with not signing him? Was he not good enough? Well, the Red Sox don't have enough money? Red Sox have print money. And the Red Sox are one of those people who look at other people's free agents and, oh, look at that, you know, and they don't look at their own players. Fans are more attached to their own players, the players who came up through their system. Yankee fans will love Aaron Judge more than they love any superstar that they import. That's why they were so obsessed. You know? Uh-oh, did I get it? Was there, was there a glitch here? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. There may have been a glitch. Not, not going to know for sure. Red Sox are swimming in money. Their money has money. So sign Xander Bogarts. It's not that difficult. They signed Kenley Jansen. I'm not a fan of Kenley Jansen. 
I know he's had a long career. I know he's been a good player. I, I've watched way too many Dodger games where he's blown big leads. I've seen way too many games where he's just coughed this up or that up. Think of how many huge Dodger losses in the postseason the last bunch of years featured Kenley Jansen on the mound. Again, fine career and everything like that. Some years he has unbelievable stats. And then you look up and he's the one walking off the, the mound with a hangdog look on his face. If he didn't blow the save in game two of the 2017 World Series, the Dodgers would be up two games to none. And chances are they, they win at least one game in Houston and one game at home, and we never have to worry about the Astros and trash cans. Kenley Jansen. And I just know he's going to go to Boston and break down. You know what? I know it. He's going to blow some big games, and they're going to hate him. Uh, you know what? I think closers can be created. You know, I'd rather, you know, look at it. I mean, I would rather see uh, a team like the Red Sox sign a okay starting pitcher and say something like, you know, let's turn you into a closer. Let's, uh, hey, I hear, you know, uh, Chris Archer or Mike Fultonewitz is faltering. Let's try him as a closer. You know, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Uh, Adam Scott Bristol says, Volpe could be in the majors in 2023, not out of the question. Sure, it's not out of the question. You know, uh, Yankees have Volpe getting closer. Goes to big. They won't sign a big free agent to a deal. Why not? Sorry, I'm not buying it. Their prospect is a prospect until they're a major leaguer. Yeah, they could come up. Volpe could be great. Volpe could be Jeremy Pena 2.0. Jeremy Pena fit right in with Carlos Correa skedaddled. And he was fantastic. How often does that happen? How often does the rookie come in and fit right in? How many times have there been hyped up Yankee prospects? Look at you have a chance to bring in a Carlos Correa now. And you don't do it? I'm sorry. Volpe could be great. He could be fantastic. He could be Didi Gregorius. You know, he could be, uh, you know, Glaber Torres. How many of these infielders have we seen go through the Yankees the last couple of years? Like a revolving door. He could be Bobby Meacham. I don't know. Neither do you. There's been lots of times when the jurists and profiles of the world look like they're no doubt about it going to be great superstars. It doesn't quite work out. But you know what you're getting if you bring in Xander Bogarts or Dansby Swanson or Carlos Correa. So, yeah, Volpe could be the next big star, and I could have egg on my face. I don't think I will. I think you have a chance to do that if you're the Yankees. And if you have two straight years where you don't do that, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. But one thing I do know is I had to do this podcast because I couldn't just let this go. Um, I'm probably not going to do – there's probably not going to be a – Podcast dropped on Thursday, but there will be one dropped on Friday morning unless, I don't know, Xander Bogart signs with the Brewers or something crazy like that. But, hey, thanks so much for making it your first listen. And uh, check out Locked on Sports today where they give all the great stories and all the great events and some of the great local coverage that only Locked on hosts can give you. 
Oh, hold on. Adam Scott Bristol is saying I'm talking like Steinbrenner in 1993. That's right. That's right. He wanted to trade away Jeter, and there you go. Not the stick Michaels of the same era. How many times do prospects work out, and how many times do they not? How many times do they swing and miss? All right. How many times have we seen Yankee prospects hyped up to the nth degree in the last bunch of years? And how many times do you have a sure thing? Don't make me sound like I'm trying to trade Derek Jeter for Brian Harvey there, Adam Scott Bristol. Don't you end this podcast with me getting mad at you. If you have something nice to say to me, send it to me at Sully Baseball on Twitter. If you have something mean to say to me, send it to Adam Scott Bristol. You know I love you, Adam. All right. Uh, follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Having it out with Adam Scott Bristol, who thinks I'm being a hothead. Well, you're fired. I'm bringing in Stump Merrill. This has been Lockdown MLB, the emergency December 7th issue. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan, the enemy of Adam Scott Bristol, and you can call me Sully.